Hi, creatives. My name is Sasha Gay Trusty, and I am the founder and editor-in-chief of Quaint Revolt Magazine. Today is very, very special as it marks the first episode of our brand new video series, Trial and Error. In these intimate discussions, we explore a particular moment with a figure from the African diaspora where they problem solved through trial and error. Join us as we unearth the magic of transitioning from thinker to creative change agent. Our inaugural episode features Caribbean businessman and co-founder of The Gathering Spot, TK Peterson. Let's go. Hi, TK. How you doing, Sasha? I'm well, how are you? Doing very well, happy to be here with you. Thank you, I'm glad to have you. Happy Saturday, right? Yep, great day. So, Indeed. I wanna start with some quick fire questions, okay? okay? Let's do um, feel free to answer them as short or as long as possible, okay. right? How do you live creatively? Um, the way I live creatively is I, I just try to bring forth every every concept that I really like in my mind and try to work towards making it a reality. Cute. So we know you're from St. Croix, mm -hmm. right? But what's the first thing you have to eat when you get home? Uh, Johnny cake. Johnny cake. Okay. Uh -huh. Lastly. From my grandma. From your grandma. Yes. Specifically, yep. grandma's only. Yep. Noted. All right. When you hear the words diasporic connection, mm -hmm. how does it make you feel? Um, I just think about you know, African descendants all throughout the world and the different variations of culture that we have, but there's still the similarities that, you know, all interconnect us. Love that, perfect mm -hmm. answer. That's kind of like the core mission of what Quaint Revolt is, so oh. thanks for that. All right, so let's dive into the heavy stuff, right? Heavy. <laughs> I can imagine that mm -hmm. creating TGS was difficult, especially yes. in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Can you recall a particular moment that you guys just had to trial and error it? Um, you know, the entire thing was trial and error from, from the start because the concept has never been seen before in, the, in this exact formulation. So from raising the money to get it, you know, that just that was, you know, just trying stuff out because mm -hmm. What we had, what we're in, what we're raising money for is to build out this physical space, which is roughly 25,000 square feet. At the end of the day, ended up costing a little more than three million dollars to do. And when we first started, we expected it, it would cost one million. Mm. And even then, when it was just trying to raise one million dollars, that was um, difficult because you're going to um, high net worth individuals talking about, hey, this this is a concept that I have. I'm looking for investment, mm -hmm. but a big part of your concept is physical and. How can you show them a physical space when you don't have the money for a physical space? Gotcha. But then how can you get the money without having the space? Mm -hmm. So um, we really just, we, we bootstrapped as far as we could with, with the savings that we each of us had, you know, my business partner, Ryan. Okay, what was that core selling point that won them over? Um, I think it was, uh, at the end of the day, for most people who invest in, in early stage companies like we are, what they really are doing is they're betting on you, that, you know, you're, a person who that they can they can trust with their resources and that you will return it you know x times so you we put forth the work and they saw that we had invested our own time our own energy and you know we kept pushing the envelope as far as we could even without investment and then eventually someone we'd been talking to for a while said um i'll give you you know x amount of dollars to to get started and then once you get one you can start you can tell people like you know we already have some um committed capital and it gets a little easier Cool, love that. Um, so how did you know? Mm -hmm. Knowing is very important. Right. Oprah always says like knowing, it's very different from anything else. Mm -hmm. How did you know putting in this work would uh, be worth it? 
Um, you know, just just faith, just trust. There's a feeling. Just like it. If something's something's in your mind, and you just believe that it'll work out, and you just you just run to it. Run to it. Okay. All right. In what ways do you think TGS is disruptive? Um, I think TGS is disruptive in the sense that it's it's very rare in um, as particularly for postgraduates that mm -hmm. you're surrounded by so many different types of people. So if you think about most individuals in, in, in our society, you graduate from um, your school and wherever that may be or whatever level that is, and then you start working. And then for the most part, you work in a particular industry and you spend eight to X amount of hours per day there. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you maybe go to the gym, maybe get grocery shop, then you go home. So you kind of pretty much have like two areas that you, that you interact in, your workspace and your home. And that's not most, those two environments aren't ones where a lot of various types of people matriculate into. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get um, almost stifled inside yes. of like your environment, your, the, the, the group of people that you interact with. Because you've got the same set of coworkers, you might add one or two people in a, in a given year or so. And you meet people at, you know, industry functions mm -hmm. and networking events for your profession. Right. But... Um, you know, if you're an engineer, it's not too many times you're gonna run into someone that is a film director, right. or someone who you know has a con. Uh, no, you probably would run into someone with a construction firm if you're an engineer. But you know, would you run into a school teacher? Probably would you not. run into a doctor outside of you know needing their services? And it's disruptive to be connected like that. It's, uh, I think, um, a big part of of how many successful people become successful. You know, they say this little phrase, you know, your network is your is your wealth and all those different things. And what TGS is doing is just giving you ability to, you know, continuously expand the base of people that you're around and interact with experts in all of these different fields. Awesome. And I love that you said that because for me, I've noticed, especially even in college, mm -hmm. interdisciplinariness is yeah. like, it's the core. And even in my business, you know, having to step outside of my scope to really bring in people from different industries yeah. that, you know, don't necessarily fall in line with what we're doing, but having that range and perspective and experience definitely adds to it. So and I, think it's, I think it's always important to... Um, you know, part of it is it puts you outside of your comfort zone, mm -hmm. at least it should, yes. because, you know, if you're a doctor, well, you're like the number one expert in every interaction that you have for the most mm -hmm. part. But, you know, now when you're talking to someone who is a painter, now you're in their world. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it, it forces you, or sh at least should, to, um, you know, retain some humility and, and humbleness because now you're learning about things that you didn't know about. And you, you get to the point where you realize that like, no one can really, no one, no one is an island and no one can really get far without everyone else's expertise. You know, Absolutely. you could, if like someone like Jeff Bezos or something, if his plumbing doesn't work, I'm, I'm fairly confident he doesn't know how to fix that. No, he and he's the world's richest man, but. Second if, now, Bill Gates. Oh yeah, Bill Gates popped up on him. But, um, you know, if, even with all his money, if all of the world's mm -hmm. plumbers go away, Yep. what's going to happen to it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Love that. Um, so one of the things I've noticed with you, um, especially through your Insta stories, right. you are very socially aware and very abreast to mm -hmm. the pol political climate. Why is it important for you to mm -hmm. showcase and, I guess, 
amplify certain causes? Um, honestly, I just I just post things that I find interesting personally, and you know sometimes it's like I just. To me, it's like when I share a song that I like, it's like, mm -hmm. I think this is dope. I mm -hmm. want like people, I think people should know about this. And, and that's, that's what I'm doing. Or, um, and then I feel like I get the same thing that happens to me. Like when I'm watching other people's stories or the content that they post, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times it starts me in a little wormhole of, of learning about different things. So I just try to do the same thing, like dope content. It's like if, if something's dope, it should, be, it should be shared for people to interact with. And then when it comes to you know more more the like heavier things that I that I share, I just find it to be things that are you know need to be like you should be aware of it should yeah. you should discuss you know you have to be aware of the political climate because it impacts everything that's going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And you know if I see a movie that looks interesting, I'm like hey you should check this out. So at the core, you act like a journalist, aim to inform the people. Yeah, oh, that's, I never thought of it like that. Okay. okay. Um, so we know you guys just got on with A3C and put on the first, mm -hmm. um, I guess, festival with you guys' involvement. Yeah. How do y'all plan on innovating A3C? Yeah, I know, really just continuing to elevate the, the, the dialogue and the discourse that you have here yeah. and really, um, you know, pushing to, to elevate a platform that showcases the innovators and thought leaders throughout all of these various industries, particularly from our culture and community. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, something a little bit light. Okay. What book are you reading right now? Ooh, that's a good question. That is a good question. I'm not really big on reading books. I really like, I prefer to read articles. I and, do too. And, um, you know, like slightly shorter text that is more focused Get on a thing. Point. Um, but some books that I got recently, um, the Black Vanguard, that's a great book that I have there. And then I also have, um, this Antonio Brown, um, mm, book. Okay. Mm. So those are the, the two most recent books that I received. Okay. As did I. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm reading, um, Toni Morrison, the collection of like essays, poems, oh. and a mixture right now. I'm very late into her work, so mm -hmm. I feel the need I had to no. catch up in that way. You know, so a thing that I want to read is um, The Alchemist. I have a ton of people that tell me to yeah. read The Alchemist. It's really good. Fantastic. It's really good. I haven't even finished it, and it's that good. Oh, wow. But if you're interested, I'm a self-help girl. You should definitely check into Osho. Okay. Mm -hmm. Check that out. Uh, particularly, I would suggest starting with the Book of Understanding. It, mm -hmm. it, it challenges your spiritual thought and all that good okay. jazz. And I think you might be open to something like that. I'd love to check that out. Okay. You guys are expanding. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, we like to think of Atlanta as the black mecca, but back in the day, mm -hmm. it was D.C. D.C., Chocolate City. Yes. So mm -hmm. why was it important for you guys to take this culture here mm -hmm. and facilitate that in, in D.C.? I'm, at the core of what the gathering spot is, it's all about you know culture and community. And what we are pushed to do and driven to do is to expand that community as far as we can. Mm -hmm. So we actually conceived of the concept of the gathering spot in DC because we both went to school mm -hmm. um, in DC and, and that's where me and Ryan met. And you know, our lives in DC and experiences there are what put, like, led to the creation of the concept. Mm -hmm. So it was you know, quite natural for us to after finding success in Atlanta, uh, which you know both of us believe this is the only market that would have been this successful 
um, in the first iteration at, and with that back and be able to take it to Washington D.C., where you know we have uh, large personal networks, and you know it's a not that far of a, a run from here, and a lot mm -hmm. of a lot of our members already go back and forth between D.C. and Atlanta. So it just made sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, what are some non-negotiables for you? In what sense? Just in, in life period. In life, yeah. I don't eat pork. You don't. No, I don't do that. Um, are you a Rastafarian? Nah, nah, okay. but I, I appreciate the sensibilities that they have. Um, okay. You know, something I always say, um, the, the, for most people, like, they have, like, the spiritual leaders are, like, priests and different things. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in um, Lutheran, Lutheran church. Oh. But at the same time, I've always looked at the Rastas as, like, the spiritual leaders of our community that, you know, provide the liberty and the, the moral guidance. Absolutely. Particularly through the music. Yeah, mm -hmm. being from Jamaica, I mean, I grew up Anglican, so, right. you know, I've always been very opposed to organized religion, right. even from a young age. So I naturally gravitated towards mm -hmm. those principles. And if we really look at the history of Rastafarianism, there is nothing ever violent or, right. you know, it was, even though they were treated poorly, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> they, they were treated poorly, but they never, um, kind of like how black people, we never, you know, reciprocated yep. that type of energy, just kept the peace. Cute, cute, cute. All right, so when it's all said and done, mm -hmm. I imagine you probably want to live your live out your days back in St. Croix. Yep. Um, when you're pondering on everything you've done, everything you've mm -hmm. accomplished with the gathering spot and elsewhere, what do you want to be most known and recognized for? Um, me or the gathering spot? You. Me. Um, I just want to be known as someone who is helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's, that's what I think of, you know, someone um, that was a that was a good person and, and yeah. tried to help people as, as much as they can. I feel like I've been very fortunate and blessed to be able to be in the position I'm in because mm -hmm. of you know people just having kindness in their heart and presenting me with opportunities. So I would like to um, you know be someone who return those opportunities to other people. Um, I don't like something I believe in personally is that there's no value in the individual win, and I would like to be able to say. Um, or people who feel like I was helpful in, yeah. in their success and in, in the group, group success. Well, this concludes our conversation. Thanks again for allowing us to you pick your brain and use you as the first guest for our series. It. So thanks for coming to It was an honor and a privilege to be invited. I hope it's not the last time. Uh, I hope it's not either. I'm going to hold you to that now. Let's do it. I, I, I hold people to that.